Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 52. People want to put you in a box. You know, like, this is what it looks like to be a female strength coach or or a football strength coach or a whatever. And and if, if it's not comfortable in that box, right, like, you know it's just not the best fit. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be with that sport. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be in that role. You just got to figure out a way to, to make it yours so that so that you can be your authentic self and not who somebody else wants you to be. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. This is Scott Caulfield. Today with me, Caitlin Quinn, Director of Performance for Toyota Racing Development. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. We are in a snowy this morning, Indianapolis, at the NSCA 2019 Coaches Conference. How's it been for you so far? It's been really good. I I missed last year, unfortunately, so it's been really nice to catch up with everybody. Yeah, it's great. There's so much going on today, too, even though uh, this is the last day of the conference and they're calling for about six inches of snow so i think some people are trying to rush out of here before they get stuck here i have a pretty good feeling a lot of people are going to be staying in indy today yeah we might just <laughs> extend it a few more days yeah so yeah maybe we'll add a, a track of content tomorrow for the people that didn't get out <laughs> there you go <laughs> um cool well you've got a lot of cool experience um you're at florida state and now this new gig we definitely want to talk about um, but I also want to talk about like internships and you know how you got started. So maybe tell us a little bit about first where you went to school and then your first kind of experience coming out of school. Yeah, I went to Springfield College. I'm from Western Mass. Uh, my dad went to Springfield College, so it was kind of um, <clears throat> I don't know no brainer when it really got down to it. After I stepped foot on campus, I'm like, oh, this is where I need to be, kind of thing. Um, I initially was an English major and then when I got there and realized you know this is kind of not really what I want to do switched to PE uh Rusty Jones who's the um performance director over at the Colts is a good family friend and he I knew I just knew he was a strength coach at the Bills and I'm like well that sounds cool how do I do that so they all studied PE back in the day so that was the advice I got right and um you know, I, I taught my first class of kindergartners, you know, they take you, they get teaching experience really early, which is a good thing. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Right. Right. Um, so kind of, you know, talked to some people and realized exercise science was, was a good option. Um, looked into that. And uh, Charlie Redman, who was actually the athletic trainer, one of the athletic trainers for my dad when he played football at Springfield, was is still there as a professor. Oh, wow. um, so he's like, you know, Go see, go see Charlie and yeah. see what he says. And, and he pointed me straight towards uh, Dr. Margaret Jones's office. It's like, if you're going to make it, if you want to be a strength coach, like she's, she's the one who, who you need to, to go talk to. So <clears throat> she took me under her wing and kind of the rest is history. I literally, you know, yeah, she right. kind of passed out what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, came down to, y- you finish, uh, they probably still do it this way, but I finished my big, um, your coursework with a big internship okay. and I wanted to wait until the summer so I could hang out with my friends because yeah, the mature things right. you do when you're totally, 22. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, Andrea Hootie, that's where you need to be. Nice. Um, so I, I applied to, to go to Kansas and do my internship with her, um, with, with basketball at the time in the summer when I was there, it was women's volleyball was there and men's women's basketball. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, primarily who I worked with and it was like, 
being thrown straight into the fire and, and it was amazing because yeah. it'd be like really tough during the day being an intern is so awkward right. it just is right. it's like the nature of it yeah. um you know and then we'd go get coffee or frozen custard or whatever after right. and, and talk about how you screwed up or how you did great and yeah. um yeah so from there i went straight to that internship actually opened the door for me to all I did was I applied for a GA position at Florida State and the way that went was John Jost was the director um, at Florida State at the time called Dr. Jones and said I need a female to apply for a GA spot do you have somebody so she she called me um, and asked if I was interested and it's crazy because the first thing that pops in my head is my brother is like the biggest Florida State fan oh, ever yeah. <laughs> and I'm like oh whatever I'm from Massachusetts I don't know um, so it wasn't even like do I want this it was it was Dempsey's going to be so jealous right. <laughs> so you know I apply phone interview and and just kind of go straight from Kansas to there and and didn't really realize at the time that I was moving yep. kind of away from New England right. for the next you know what is it now 13 12 years yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's wild um, how I'm going to ask a Kansas question because mm -hmm. I've been there. How awesome is it being in a facility like that uh, as an intern or super intimidating? Uh, awesome or intimidating? Two ends of the spectrum or could it be both? <laughs> I think it's been tough for everybody since then that I've had to talk about facility stuff with because right, it's kind right, of like right. the ruler that I that I you know measure everything yeah. against. Yeah. You know, to the point where their football program ended up building a weight room and they're like, well, we're going to do it exactly like this one because right. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, for those of you who have never been there, the, you know, you walk in, there's a mezzanine that overlooks into the weight room area. And then, and, and actually I haven't been there in years, so I don't know if she changed the setup, but there's pretty a big. Much the same. There's a few differences, but. Ramp least, and those yeah. plyo yeah. steps. And then you have the turf upstairs and it's just, it's pretty secure, which I think some people take for granted weight room wise. Yeah. Like there's just that, that big door in and we're either letting you in or you're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it was, it was definitely more exciting than intimidating because yeah. I didn't know better. Right. <laughs> didn't know any right. better, you know? Yeah. Well, for anyone that wants to go, she has a clinic the first week in May every year now, and uh, it's coming up again in May, so check it out. <laughs> She's the best. Good opportunity. Yeah, and great. I've had a few uh, other people who uh, have been interns there or assistants there that I know very well, and everybody has great things to say, but it's also, you know, I think the great thing about Andrea, too, is she'll tell you when you're not doing things great or not, yeah. you know, if you're not um, <clears throat> doing it right. right. I think that was also, I just, I, I say all the time, I've just been so fortunate in my experience, but it was very early and from her that I learned kind of the value of that, of constructive criticism or just, you know, you need that feedback and it's, it's scary to get because it's, it's hard to hear when you haven't right. done something awesome, yeah. you know, or less than awesome, but you're never going to get better if you don't obtain that feedback cool. so I've, I've kind of tried to ask for it ever since then um you know john jost was good about that as well but you know because not everybody's willing to give it sometimes you got to ask for it and right. it's, it's tough but yeah, totally that's great great info um so florida state you kind of work your way up the ladder too right you, you went from being a ga to getting employed and sticking around for a while Can you tell us a little bit about how that went and how that experience was. I did. I, I experienced the whole, um, the split of, of football from Olympics kind of firsthand because John Jost was over both when I got there, literally when I stepped on campus. They had just moved him away from football um, and, and kind of saw the birth of an Olympic strength and conditioning department working alongside a football. And, you know, Florida State's unique in that 
to this day, they still share the same weight room. I think they have plans. They always have plans to build a new one. But, um, you know, so as we had four GAs when I started, kind of all sitting in the back room together, you know, swapping war stories and and working with teams. And then they started to eliminate some of those positions to make more full-time as we kind of move towards uh, coaches having less teams overall and being really kind of part of the coaching staff. And I think there's pros and cons to that model. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked it because you feel so, the good part was you're so integrated with the staff, with the players making decisions. You you feel like you're a really valued part of that program. Um, But it's hard though because you, you, the time you end up spending. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to booster events. I'm going to um, community service things because I want to be there and I want to support them. And, you know, when the kids are like, I, you know, I'm doing this other academic deal, yeah. like come hang out and see it. And you're like, of course I will. Right. Um, so, you know, th- there's a, it's good and bad. So yeah, I, I finished my GA ship and I worked with softball, um, went through a coaching change early on in my career, which is also really eye opening and interesting. Yeah. Um, like someone getting fired, you mean? No, so Coach Graf, uh, okay. legendary, Joanne Graf retired. was softball retired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they brought in um, Lonnie Alameda. Okay. And uh, yeah, so kind of, it was a cool opportunity for me to take all the mistakes that I made first year as a GA right. and be like, I get to start fresh yeah. with this <laughs> yeah, team, yeah. which was really neat. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of where she came in and was like, all right, you're Coach Quinn. Because at Springfield, that's, all, that's how we talk to everybody. Well, I get down to, to Florida State and, you know, it's Caitlin. And I'm like, it just feels weird because it's just not the way I was. Yeah. You know, I still call Coach Joe's Coach Joe's. Like, right. I can't call right, him John. Right. It's just a respect thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where CQ was born. Oh, nice. So now it's just been like my name, which all the kids are like, stands for Coach Quinn. I'll never forget the day we're in the dugout. One of them looks at me and she's like, Coach Quinn, CQ is like also your initials. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Good job. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so then when, when Coach Joe's left, um, Dan Schaefer, he's now at uh, Wisconsin getting his PhD. Brilliant dude. He's, he's awesome. Um, they named him director, and he just, he's, he's really young, and he, I, like, I, I was there when he came out as an intern, you know, and then a GA, and then an assistant, and then, like, he, he just, he moved fast. And so we started really working together which was kind of the best the best move there at the time and and that's when i became the associate director there yeah and uh john jost great great guy i had gotten to know him when he was on the nsca board of directors um and he uh it was funny because he wanted him and boyd were really adamant about my position kind of being more out in front and like getting me out of the NSCA headquarters weight room and just being more of a connection ambassador liaison, whatever to, to strength and conditioning coaches, especially college. And at first I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's great. You know, I mm-hmm. should, I, I need to be back there training people. And like the, looking back, it was probably the greatest thing that, that we could have done organizationally. And I like, it's made my job so much different and better but at the time, I'm like, uh, man, I don't think these guys know what they're, you know, like it was funny. So <laughs> yeah. I just really love John just from our interactions, too. But what was it like? What what are some of the like uh, traits that he had that, you know, really either carried over and you took on or that you really admired about him as a leader? Because, I mean, he's been he was at Nebraska under Boyd and, you know, coached for 30 years and all the way up to being a director. An amazing career. He, I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk about this. 
he he's a human you know what I mean like he he never had this um you never got the sense that he was trying to be trying to be anything like he just he is who he is and he's very I talked about it a little bit yesterday um on that panel he's just he's very authentic and and kind of instilled whether he meant to or not I don't know I think it's just his way right that you have to be who you are and I think he he has a really good ability to see kind of the the best parts of you that maybe you don't even see and like finds a way to draw them out. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's a skill and and a gift for sure. Um, like, and, and to, to highlight as painful as it might be some of the worst things, like I was the most unorganized mess. I mean, like if you see my car, you'll, you'll totally agree, but like it work from him. I've learned to kind of really tighten it up. Um, and I'm like eternally grateful for him teaching me those skills because it's really kind of elevated and and made a lot of things a lot easier, obviously (laughs) in the work sense. But, um, you know, when I left, um, I remember asking a couple of the, the, the male GAs at Springfield who will leave nameless, um, you know, give me some advice. Like I'm going to Florida state to be a GA. and, And one of them was like, don't be a girl. And I'm like, I, okay, I have no idea what to do with that information, right, first right. of all, you know? And it, it was little things like, you know, don't ever have your hair down. Don't ever, like, don't give anybody a hug. Like, you know, these things that are, you know, for some people that's easy to do. Sure, no problem. Like, for me, I, I grew up dancing and in theater, and not right. that that means anything other than I love it all. Like, right. I want to do... I want to do arts things. I want to do... Go to, you know, a sporting event. I love strength and conditioning. I love, you know getting to hold up to go on, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, kind of, it's all kind of encompassing. And I felt there, I had really the freedom to, to just kind of, to be me and, and to, you know, sharpen the edges that were really good and kind of dull the ones that are really bad yeah. and, and go from there. Yeah. So do you have any specific advice being, you know, as a female that you would tell young Caitlin, young females coming out right now that they, that's different than you'd tell males or is there something you wish you knew then that you didn't know? Yeah, I think, and, and I honestly don't know, this might happen for males too, honestly, because I obviously, I don't know, right. but I think people want to put you in a box, you know, like this is what it looks like to be a female strength coach or, or a football strength coach or a whatever. And, and if, you, if it's not comfortable in that box, right? Like, you know, it's just not the best fit. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be with that sport. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be in that role. You just got to figure out a way to, to make it yours so that, so that you can be your authentic self and not who somebody else wants you to be. Yeah, that's great info, that's great details. Um, and now you have a new position. So tell us what it's like being the director of performance at Toyota Racing Development, because <coughs> Uh, we've had a couple speakers at times from different NASCARs or, you know, I don't, but I think people don't really know that's a thing yet, right? And I mean, there's been a couple of journal articles I've seen and I remember seeing them on the cover of the journal one time, but I think this is still pretty new in racing too. Mm-hmm. So I guess tell us what you can, because I know it's not all, all uh, <laughs> allowed to be talked about, um, what you can about your job and how that kind of the racing stuff works. Yeah. So it is, it is completely new as far as kind of the way, the way that we're doing things, which I'm not hugely going to get into, but, but basically just that, um, we, we are going to be working with, with some drivers and some, some young ones, um, that are kind of up and coming. And, and the, we, the coolest part about it was it's a start of a program, 
like from scratch to the point where, you know, our plan two months ago is, is looks different than our plan today, just because it's been evolving. And I think for me being on something at the ground level and really having, uh, the, the purview to like evolve and change it and, and put it, put my stamp on it really in the beginning I had, I think initially when I kind of stepped in, I, I had no idea that that's really what it was going to be. Um, as it started happening, then I started to get a little, a little scared of, oh my gosh, like, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and kind of reached out to, to some people to my network that I trust and, and kind of to say, you know, I, no, I do. I, I have this skill set. I can do this and, and I'm going to make mistakes and we're just going to own them and move on. And, um, it's been stretching me in a ton of ways that, you know, it's not super comfortable to have that wave of anxiety when you get a text that like, you, you know, something didn't go as planned or whatever, but, but when you resolve it in an effective way, like it just, it's a really, it's been a really cool thing. I've grown a lot. Wow. And what do you, uh, I guess what's your, what's training look like for race car drivers? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're figuring it out a little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you this. So, Basically, and, you know, we we talked to some of the guys that work with Formula One um, over in Europe as well, just to, I'm like, let me see if I'm on the right track at the very least, right? And, uh, you know, right now in its inception, it's it's just, you know, some base level fitness, as crazy as that sounds, um, just to be able to, to kind of take it to that next level conditioning stuff where we're going to eventually work on. So the, the biggest thing that they talk about right now is... Um, I introduced conditioning. Like I had to get them used to running first of all, cause we're like shin splints all over the place. Cause they don't ever yeah. do anything. Um, to like really ease into that. And then we can push the envelope a little bit more with some, and not that conditioning always has to be running. We know it doesn't, but so kind of mixing a lot of different things in there. And, uh, they're like, coach Quinn, I was in a race and like, I didn't feel like I was falling out of the seat. So this is the other yeah, fun yeah. thing. Like I, terminology, I'm like, what does that mean? So what that means is at the end of a race, you, you can get to the point where you're so tired and it's, it's really, it's mental fatigue more than anything else, but you're so tired that you can't focus on what you're supposed to be doing and they call it falling out of the seat. Oh, wow. So the biggest feedback I've gotten so far is that kind of like just the general physical preparedness stuff that we've yeah. been doing is keeping them from feeling like that, nice. which is cool. Yeah. Um, doing a lot of strength and, um, you know, it's, it's not correct as in the traditional sense of, I just use a lot of that info and in kind of the way that I coach. And when, when I need to, I'll pull out and we'll, we'll do some specific corrective things, but, um, building a base level of strength for resiliency. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And then we got some fun stuff up our sleeves where we might kind of tap into some other areas and do some research and really kind of yeah. do some groundbreaking stuff, but it's all up in the air right now. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Cause I imagine, I mean, especially with the younger kids, you're dealing with the typical kid that is on a screen too much probably but then you're they're drivers so now they're sitting and they're probably same thing you need the posterior chain and yeah like you said. yeah <laughs> you know what was crazy too is i i, I had this aha moment and i i had it was kind of nice because i have about six kids and i was working out of a, a mo motorhome storage unit more or less with like a rack and a couple benches yeah. and like what a bare minimum <laughs> which is cool because they now really appreciate what we have yeah. um they're talking the other day about getting, it was J44 was the number of the unit. So like, I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm. I'm like, okay, guys. Um, but and now, see, now I'm telling J44, I don't remember where I was going with the story. 
but it's kind of like making making mistakes with them and realizing like oh so the aha moment I had they don't ro- they don't rotate their right. oh, yeah. their thoracic yeah. ever because yeah. they don't they're not right. swinging they're not anything they're not kicking they're not exactly <laughs> yeah. so I put a lot of that in just strictly like we're also trying to keep them mobile so they can function and actually yeah. work out safely and so it, it's kind of been a I realize something we start to implement if I see like a lot of success we know is really the right thing to do immediately and then kind of go from there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that was a big one. And I tell you with these kids is they, most of them start homeschooling pretty young. Okay. Um, cause they have to travel all over the country right. to race. Right. And, uh, so they, they're missing a large part of the, um, the social education yeah. a little bit, you know, and it's the stuff that like the lesson you learn when, you know, so-and-so's pissed at you for a stupid reason and like the rest of the team is you know what I mean like I don't know like the, the stupid stuff yeah, you go through in school yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that you actually learn volumes from right <clears throat> not necessarily like the social studies or the math but like the social education and um so we, we were, so it's a lot of that of kind of getting them to to work together and yeah. and look you in the eye and um and be comfortable yeah. in you know with people they don't know because eventually they're gonna have to talk to a lot of sponsors right. and and right, right. all sorts of people like business people down to the the like amazing blue collar guys that work on their car like right. those are right. those people are not in the same yeah. you know element yeah. so yeah. Uh, is that area <coughs> of performance training? growing do you think is it still pretty new and growing for opportunity for strength and conditioning so like like exactly what i'm doing yeah if we are successful which you know knock on wood i think we will yeah. be <clears throat> then yes i think it will yeah. yeah it's the same thing that happened with so hendrix is kind of one of the first you know and i'm gonna i might get in trouble after this for having my history wrong <laughs> but um you know the first team that figured out that if they train their pit crew, yeah. they're shaving time off the pit stops. Right. And, you know, that that's so valuable yeah. when you're talking yeah. about seconds on a racetrack or right. for fractions right. of seconds on a racetrack. So, you know, one team figures that out and now everybody does it, right? right? So yeah, they, I think it's pretty well established in yes. NASCAR. Yeah, like now. All those guys train. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, there was a time where that was kind of a new radical thing. Sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah, so I don't know, and, that, and that's I think that's why this gets you know like I, when I first got the job, like I, I mean I didn't tell anybody what I was doing, kind yeah. of thing. Everyone's like, "Are you a strength coach for the CIA?" Like I don't know what's <laughs> happening, and I'm like, "No, but I just can't really talk about it." Um, <clears throat> so yeah, funny. sorry. No, that's super cool. Uh, it's exciting to hear stuff like that, just because it's different, and uh, I think it's cool to see the. The evolution of strength and conditioning and branching out into different things like racing and special forces. And I mean, the growth in the military is off the charts right now. Um, yeah. But obviously, if, if it started NASCAR now, all these other teams who have all these other levels of racing, like you said, with the, the youth development of racing, it's just yeah. it's such a great opportunity for strength and conditioning coaches. Um, well, I think... it. If you, you have, like, so my skill set is definitely the relational piece. Right. Like, like yes, I can program successfully to make you stronger <laughs> or faster, obviously. But, you know, other I wouldn't have a job. But, um, it, you know, it, it's the relational piece. It's like helping kids grow and, and, and becoming successful adults or at least, you know, better humans. Like, th- that is why I love this job. And it was so cool because, you know, and I, I just, you got to give props where they go, pointing to the sky, um, is that, 
you know, I was able to find a place where that, like, that's what they wanted. Yeah. You know, right. like, yes, they want them to be more fit. And, right. you know, however it carries over to driving, you know, it's kind of a little bit secondary initially to we need them to, to be able to function a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and I'm like, this is amazing that I found, like, literally my favorite thing, which is kind of like a side part of it that gets ignored sometimes right. you know right. we, we know it's really important but not everybody looks at it that way in strength and conditioning the relational part you know that that's like the whole point of my job and that's amazing yeah well I mean and that's it's it's great that you say that because it, it kind of reinforces like the whole premise of this podcast like we all know that build being able to design a strength and conditioning program that's safe and effective mm-hmm. is part of, is a strength and conditioning coach's job and that you're going to have to do that to get a job. But right, right. if you're not outstanding, and, and this is why people, I think, like this podcast, they're hearing if you're not outstanding at building relationships and, th- you know, that ability to connect with people and raise people up and get them to do things they didn't think were possible yeah. and empower them, that's, that's what it's all about. So Yeah. <laughs> Because there's content everywhere, right? Right. So at the end of the yeah. day, I mean, you you know, a coach can find a workout program somewhere or, or a, a, an athlete can find a workout program and implement it. But there's a reason why that doesn't go so well, right. you know, and that's, it's those intangibles. Yeah, that's huge. What, uh, so talking about that, what kind of things would you look for if, if you're going to hire people? And now that you're a director, you're probably going to get to have staff at some point, you know, what, what kind of things are you looking for people when you're looking to hire um, I think someone's ability to to think ahead, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, because it's like, well, duh. But and and what I mean by that is, you know, you know, you're going to implement something with an athlete or with a team or whatever. Um, you, you have to kind of be able to think through. It's almost like disaster planning, which is a horribly negative way to think about it. But like. W- what are all the things that could happen? And not that you have to think of all of them, but at least you have to give some thought to the fact that there are unknown variables and like the few that I can actually project, I'm going to plan for at the very least, um, you know, and then be able to adapt from there. So for example, we, I used to play, um, indoor soccer, like just do other things with, with my softball and volleyball teams. Like we'd play basketball with volleyball or do indoor soccer or something. We'd, we would dance actually with softball too. (laughs) And, um, you know, so whenever I'd explain rules to get like the rules kept getting longer that I was explaining because every time we'd play the game, they would, you know, find a way because they're so competitive, right. right, To cheat or whatever. And then, you know, so that's like a, like a microcosm of what I mean. It's just like, can, can you think through some of the scenarios before you actually like get out there? Um, and, and everybody's bad at that in the beginning and you just, you just get better. Uh, and then I think admitting, admitting and owning mistakes. I I almost wish I did more of that when I was a younger strength coach because their mistakes are actually really such a gift. Not that you want to be like making them (laughs) (laughs) left, right and center, but, um, but they, they really are a gift, especially if you, you can learn from them. And and if you're with somebody, a mentor or a coach or who can can help you work through them, um, that's really valuable in a place too, where it's okay. Like you were saying, like, it's okay to make the mistake yeah. and then you realize it. And, yeah. And, yeah. You realize that you, you own better. it, you move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you're at this event, you've, you've been coming to NSCA clinics and speaking at NSCA clinics. What's, what's that involvement been like and how's that helped your career? Um, I mean, I, I, I love like doing stuff like this and getting, getting to speak. 
I don't know if it's because I feel like I, I can tap back into some theater roots or something. I feel like I'm performing. <laughs> I don't really know. Um, no, but I, I really just love to share. I used to love recruit talks too at Florida State because I, I just, I am really passionate about what I do. And when you are passionate about something, you want to share it with people, right? Um, and I think it also helps me define, like, you know, because I'll, the night before especially, <clears throat> my brain will be rolling through thinking about like what what I might say or what might be asked and and it really helps me get very clear in my own mind of you know like I said what what am I about and how can I be my authentic self and yeah that's great Uh, this has been really cool to chat with you it's great always great catching up with you thanks Scott likewise Uh, yeah if people are interested in kind of connecting with you and hearing more about what you're doing or have questions about stuff we talked about what's the best way to connect with you um i would say email for now and i think we'll go this is like i'm thinking right now <laughs> my email is so long uh, let's go we'll go my my regular email which is c quinn so c q u i n n eight five four four at gmail.com cool. um yeah shoot me an email and then or at twitter i'm pretty sure i'm the quinn 44 um instagram's the same it's kind of my jam like nice. the dude yeah. Ever seen the Big Lebowski? You know what yep. I'm talking about. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let's let's catch up for sure. And you send me a message. I love to. I'll, I'll definitely write back and say, um, let's talk on the phone <laughs> because <laughs> it's way great. easier to have a conversation than it is to. Um, and I always I tell so I tell um, young coaches like you're not bugging a strength coach. They're just that busy. Yeah. So, so don't be afraid to like keep reaching out. And you know, at the end of the day, like if you are bugging them, they're just going to ignore you. It's fine. But if you're not stay on their radar because they will eventually, you know, reach back out. Yeah. Well, and you know, Brian Mann told us uh, at one point too, he's like, you know, I get uh, a few hundred emails a day. He's like, I get maybe one or two Twitter messages or Instagram messages a day. Yeah. Like for people listening in, if you haven't, if you're trying to reach through people through email and not getting a response, social media is a great way to connect with people and yeah. you don't have to be overly uh, annoying about it or you know, no. intense, but you can shoot a little, you know, you, you hit a couple likes here and retweets or whatever it is and comment and, oh, that's so cool, coach. And, you know, suddenly you're not just... Uh, an anonymous person. Yeah, like you feel like you know them, yeah. which is so funny because yeah. it's really just from I, their name popping right. up. No, yeah. I love social media. Like, I've met a few people uh, at this conference, and I was like, yeah, man, I, I know, I, I, was, I know you from Instagram, and they're like, yeah, we love your dogs or whatever. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, so Scott's gonna go back and edit this and take out my email address, and <laughs> then go. we're just gonna say. <laughs> We can totally do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the Quinn. I'm actually gonna look right now just to make sure I'm not telling you the wrong thing. Yeah, at the Quinn forty four. There you go. Boom. Follow her. Yeah. Like. She's Twitter. Put some cool Insta. Training. I'm new to Instagram, so if you have advice, just be kind with it. But otherwise, <laughs> I'll take it. That's perfect. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate Thank your you for time. Me. I know it was early to uh, get up and. No, get it's great. Now I'm now I'm ready to go ready for the to day. Start the day. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as always, thank you to all of our listeners. We truly appreciate the sport here at the NSCA and especially for the coaching podcast. And as you know, we at the NSCA love research and especially applying that research. If you're not a member yet, join us and get access to the best strength and conditioning journals available. Just go to nsca.com membership. 
And a big thanks to our sponsor, Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. Again, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from. Write us a review and keep listening in. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.